0: It's a real joy for me to be able to spend this time with you today and then share with you some of the things that the Lord has been teaching me about prayer. I believe with all of my heart that God has included prayers in the scripture, whether they're in the Old Testament or the New Testament, to teach us how to pray. And I would encourage you, if you can, to just print out those prayers, laminate them on a card. Tuck them in your Bible. And when you pray, pull those out because God teaches us what we're to pray for. One of the prayers that has really been an encouragement to me is the prayer that's found in 1 Kings chapter 8 at the time when Solomon dedicated the temple. And as I read this prayer over and over again, I started to notice something. I noticed how similar. This prayer is to the prayer that the Lord gave the disciples when they asked him, teach us to pray. That prayer that we all know so well. And here is Solomon's prayer, beginning in verse 22. Solomon's prayer and plea. You find the word plea in here, not only prayer, but plea. The, the, the Solomon is begging God, pleading with God for grace and mercy, but the Lord taught us to pray with our Father, who is in heaven, and I noticed as I read this prayer, the references to heaven over and over again. Solomon references that God is in heaven, he, he begins his prayer by by spreading out his hands to heaven, and I would encourage you to highlight every reference. The God who is in heaven, verse 23, verse 22, verse 27, verse 30, verse 32, verse 34, verse 36, 39, 43, 45, 49. The Father who is in heaven, acknowledging the transcendence of God. And he would say that there's no God like you in heaven. Our father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The name of God is all over this prayer. Over and over again, my name, your name, your name, your name, your great name. You see, the name is all about the character of God. And in our praying, God wants us to acknowledge who he is. Solomon built this house so that the name of God could be there, and he speaks in verse 33 of the people of God confessing his name, and he speaks about how the people of God confessing their sin and turning from their sin can have an impact on the world, for the foreigners will come to hear of his great name, verse 42. And when you think of God's character, it is, it is vast. You know, even in this prayer and the Lord's prayer he taught us, you see not only the transcendency of God, you see the authority of God, the purposes of God, the forgiveness of God, the goodness of God, the protection of God. And he desires that we acknowledge all of those things. Solomon even opens the prayer, speaking about the, the, god who keeps covenant the god who keeps his promises that is the god that we're praying to the one he says that there's no god like him the god who is sovereign and chooses verse 48 and yes even the god that disciplines his people prayer is not about getting our will done prayer is about getting the will of god done and acknowledging him thy kingdom come And, you know, this whole prayer is about dedicating the house of God, which is an illustration of the presence of God. And in that house, of course, was the Ark of the Covenant, the throne of God. And the very speech that Solomon gives in verses 14 through 21 is acknowledging that our God is a king, his presence as a king, his kingdom coming and i'm so glad that when we put our faith and trust in christ that we've entered the kingdom of god we've entered that realm of god the rule of god and then we know that the will of god done on earth as it is in heaven the purposes of god accomplished one of the things i noticed was in verse 36 where the plea of solomon would be that god would teach us the good way that we should walk, doing the will of God. And that reminded me of the book of Ephesians, where over and over again in that letter, Paul talks about our walk. Walk, learning to do what pleases the Lord. That is what prayer is about. Learning to do what pleases the Lord. But I would say the thing that God has been dealing with me most about from this prayer is the tremendous number of times where you find a reference to the need to confess our sin and turn from our sin and repent of our sin. There's a cry for the forgiveness of God. Remember, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And the prayer writes about sinning against our neighbor and sinning against God. The prayer talks about God disciplining us because of our disobedience to God. And I believe with all of my heart, we cry for, we cry for revival. We want revival. Revival starts in us with the confession of our own sin and the repentance of our own sin. We're not asking God to do something in the world and then not allow him to do something in our own lives. And that's really where God has been dealing with me. We want God to hear us, but we're not willing to humble ourselves and pray and then turn from our wicked ways. That's what the Bible says. When we turn from our wicked ways, then he'll hear from heaven and he'll forgive us our sins and will heal our land. That's what God's doing in my own heart. Give us this day our daily bread. And in the context of this prayer, in verse 37, you discover that God disciplines and he brings things into our life. Famine, sickness, all these things that God uses. And yet he's the God that's willing to reverse the famine. He's the one who will provide us our daily bread. And I couldn't help but think of, The cry to deliver us from the evil one. And a number of times he references the enemy there in verse 37, verse 44, verse 46. We do have foes, we do have enemies, and yet God is willing to deliver us if we'll humble ourselves and prayerfully plea for the forgiveness of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven given us this day our daily bread forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory and this prayer is about god's kingdom on earth solomon's king the ark is there the throne of god is there and the glory of god is there It came down on the temple and the power of god is seen verse 42 the mighty hand of god the outstretched hand of god There's a tremendous similarity here. And the people of God in the Old Testament, the people of God in the New Testament are invited to pray this way. And so I trust that you'll take the time to maybe print this prayer out and go over it very carefully, compare it to the Lord's prayer, and then note that the call of God on our lives is to fear him. The call of God is to love him enough to stop our sinning to repent and obey and to swear by his name. And uh, so I trust that um, the Lord bless you as you study this. God is working in my own heart to love him enough to turn from my sinning. And I know what what areas in my life he deals with me about. But as we turn, as we repent, as we plead, he will forgive. Our God is a God with steadfast love. Our God is a God who forgives. And think of this, verse 53. Our God is a God who has separated us from the nations of the world to be his heritage. And he's the God who will teach us the good way that we should walk.